Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in March of 2021. And welcome to episode 41, A Passion for Learning. I like that title. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's what we're all about, right? It it really is. (laughs) We want to give a shout out to our new friend at BetsyMays123 on Twitter. She actually sent us an email and I just wanted to share the first part. It says, hi, Laura and Karina. I wanted to thank you for your podcast, Learning Through Math. I especially loved episode 36, Subitizing for All. I can't wait for the book club. I also agree with your rant on standardized testing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> book club. Yeah. We got to. Uh, maybe let's. Maybe summer? we'll save that for like. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say maybe season two, you know, or uh-huh. during the summer we can kind of. <laughs> Our super duper short summer. That very one? short summer. But we can maybe figure something out during okay. that time. That sounds Just like cause a good right plan. Just because right now it's. Testing season is coming up. Yeah, yeah. it's starting. It is. (laughs) You have a reflection for us this week, Laura. I do. I wanted to go back to our subtraction episode 38. I've been doing a lot of reflecting about subtracting Mm -hmm. in, in this past couple of weeks. And I reached out to a colleague, Dr. Ian Whitaker, who I heard speak at a Florida Council of Teachers Mathematics conference many, many years ago. And Mm -hmm. I remember he did a whole session on subtraction. And I was thinking because when I re-listened to our episode, I talked about subtraction being three different things. Yeah, One was takeaway. One was the difference between and one was the distance between. But as I was really thinking about it and I reached out to him, I've come to the conclusion now that I think subtraction is two different scenarios. If you think about maybe a branch coming down from subtraction on one side that says take away, and then the other branch says compare, and then two more branches come out of compare where it's difference and distance. Gotcha. And I, I think to me that makes a lot more sense now because when we talk about comparing things with subtraction, you can find the difference between or the distance between. Yep. So if we were talking about our height, we would talk about, well, really, it would be the difference between our heights, but it would also be the distance between. If we were talking about a number line, it'd be more of the difference between, not the distance, because we're just talking about a number on a number line, right? Okay, okay. So that's where my mind's been the past couple of weeks. And when you say that, it's really like, what is subtraction, right? It's not like the different situations of subtraction. Right, we're not talking about result unknown or start unknown or change unknown. Those are the different subtraction situations that yes. I referred to for from table one. Right. But I was really thinking about why do we subtract? Because I was trying to teach my teachers stop saying takeaway ah, when they okay. were reading a subtraction problem. And I said, well, because it's also the difference or distance between. But I think yes. mo- the more general concept of that is the comparison. Comparison. Reason, right? 
if you're trying to readjust your language, mm-hmm. what should we say? If, if someone's saying take away. Say minus. Okay. You know, so if the problem is 12 minus 8, don't say 12 take away 8 because it may not be a take away problem. It might be a comparison problem. Gotcha. So we should use minus okay. in our language. Or the difference. Yes. Or I, sometimes I say how far apart are 8 and 12. Yeah. Or how far apart are 12 and 8. It doesn't matter because the difference is still always going to be 4. Right. And sometimes when we talked about strategies, we do count up or we add up yes. to subtract. Yes. If it makes more sense to do that, do it. Right. But I really wanted to think about why do we subtract? Why do we subtract? You have some good news from this week. I do. I started, uh, well, it's a, <laughs> it's really a tutorial group, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to call it a tutorial group. Instead, I called it an after-school reading group or an after-school math group. I love that so much more because when you say tutorial, that means I'm not good at it. Yes. So, uh, and you know, like I suck, so I need extra help. Yes. That's the mindset that That's that the kids- mindset think about Mm -hmm. I wanted to remove that I wanted it to be fun we don't have to thank goodness we don't have to follow a book or anything (laughs) like that we've been giving a lot of liberties from our administration during math I was able to do a task that is from Colin John Mm -hmm. from at make math moments that matter Mm -hmm. and it's the ferris wheel task that we started nice and I'm at the smart board and I'm in front of them not (laughs) not in front of a computer (laughs) I'm in front of kids and we're and it's a small group and we're all spread out because they're still at their seats Mm -hmm. but and I actually had them come a little bit closer at their chairs. Well, now we're allowed out. to do three feet. Right, we are. <laughs> but they're actually up a little bit and they're not there. They just have their whiteboard mm-hmm. in front of them. Mm-hmm. And we're actually talking. Oh. And kids who don't talk in class are talking. Oh, that's awesome. And I, that has just sparked my, like, my teaching again. I feel like I'm... It's reignited you. It, it's, I feel back to normal. Wait, so the passion for learning is coming back? Yes. <laughs> the passion is back. And I, I've been concerned for a while because... I know. Since I... we started the school year, the passion has been gone. I I have been... I've, I've seen it in myself and in my teaching. Like... I can see why kids would zone out and tune me out because I'm not as animated anymore because I'm not in front of them. I've I've got to look at screens and keep your distance, keep my distance, and they have to keep their distance and they have from each other mm-hmm. and from me and mm-hmm. from you know. So it's just been, oh, so this after school math group has just been the like the highlight of my week, you which mean- is crazy. You made me think of two things. Mm-hmm. One, when this is all over, I never want to go back to Rose in school Ugh. ever again. Gosh, ever, I hate ever, them ever. So much. I mean, I didn't do that before the pandemic, me but neither. this just solidifies the fact I never ever want to do that again. Same. And second of all, you know, when we were talking about you, you were just talking about having your passion reignited. That I feel like all of us, and I'm going to say all of us have lost so much of our passion for teaching. Yes. Not for kids, but for the, quote, act of teaching, yeah. right? And I'm so tired of hearing 
Teachers have to do self-care. Re- okay, so once again, self-care. We have to do it ourselves, yeah, right? It's like, on us. Like, what? Yeah. what is being done for us yeah. for care for teachers? No. It's our responsibility it's our, yet again. Yeah. Yet again. We're nurses. We're, we're, we're our own therapists. Therapists. We're, yep, we're everything. For, Always. For ourselves. Yeah. Listeners, if you are not a teacher, please, please, please reach out to the teachers because we are not okay. We're, we're not. not. Mm-mm. Just give them a hug. Give them, well, okay, no, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Send them a note. Yes. You know, a handwritten note would make so much of a difference for and, me right and if now. And if you want to throw in a, a Starbucks I mean, gift card in there Amazon, too. Or, or Amazon. You know. that's, that's always nice. Duncan, but even, but really, just, just real, a, just you know. An yeah. appreciation. Yeah. We were on pedestals at this time last year. Yeah. We, we're in the hole now yeah. this year. Yeah, because the kids are behind. What are you doing about it? Right, right. I want to give a shout out to Dr. Brad Johnson on Twitter because his tweet really sparked our conversation today. Mm -hmm. He tweeted and he said, we don't have a passion for things we don't do well. So if we spend all our time focused on what students don't do well, then how do they ever get a passion for learning? And I think, yes, yeah, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. It comes down to a passion for learning. So mm-hmm. today's podcast mm-hmm. will really be about creating like a passion for learning for students and continuing our own teacher passion. Yes, for learning. For learning. <laughs> yes. All right, why don't you start us off with the student passion? The student passion. I've been thinking a lot about this, especially this year, because it's been such an unusual year, but but just... One we never, ever want to repeat. Seriously. (laughs) And, I mean, I think we all know it's so important for students to also be passionate in their learning, or else we won't have them. It's all about engagement at the end of the day. But how do we get kids to be passionate about their learning. And I think that I came up with kind of three ideas. Okay. And one is they have to, and above all else, they have to own their learning. Yes. They have to own it. If they don't own it, they won't get it. So are you saying we have to stop spoon feeding? A hundred percent. We have to go from a teacher-centered classroom to a student led classroom it has to be them that that do the work they have to do it and the thinking and the thinking Wait, and the building and the drawing and the writing and the talking all of it <laughs> so again how do we do that it's it's really about the teacher being quiet it's being the teacher not teaching not lesson lesson giving right right, right. it's it's presenting situations where the kids can explore, can discover, can challenge each other mm-hmm. and and show off almost like show off their own thinking. And if there's mistakes, let it be. Leave it yes. on the board. The teacher needs to be quiet and let the students find those errors. And I think that's so that is so hard. I've done it where there's a mistake and it takes every ounce of me not to say to the kids, Do, oh, but wait, you don't really mean that seven times three is right. 24. <laughs> I know what you mean, but I leave it. You have to leave it because that's part of that critical thinking piece. If mm-hmm. they can 
criticize and analyze the thinking of other. What mathematical practice is that? Critique the reasoning of others. Right, right. Whichever number it is. Right. That's that's part of of the math practices. Right. Being being a mathematician. Yes. You know, I challenged a group of fifth graders today. I was using our which number line. Yes. And it was the one with two. The number is two. Yes. With the three different number lines. Which number line is it on? How do you know? Do other number lines have it? How do you know? Where right. is it? Kind of right. thing. Well, all three of those had the number two in there. Right. But at first, all the kids said only one of them did because our endpoints were was one and three. Yeah. Oh. And the other one was zero and ten. And the other one was, the second one was zero and six as the endpoints. And wow. I said, so everybody agrees that there's no two in the first number line? Yeah. Yep. And everybody agrees there's no two in the second number line? Yep. I think at that point I said, you know what? Let's start counting from zero to ten. Everybody. So I put out my hand right. every time. You know, that's my invitation. invite invita- them. Right. Invite them to, to say something. So I started with zero. Mm-hmm. And they said one, two. I said, stop. You just said two. Is two somewhere on this number line? No. <gasps> okay. Let's go back. We're going to start again. We're going to count all the way to ten. So they did. I said, did you say two? They said, yes. I said, so two is on this number line somewhere. Where is it? Oof. Yep. Yep. But you see what you did there is you asked the questions, right? right. And I think it wasn't just, it wasn't you just giving it to them and saying. Right. It's right here. It's, it's, it's right. here. What do you mean it's not here? It's here. And then, of course, when they said draw some ticks, I put them all super duper close together. Right. And I said, okay, right. everyone go to this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're right. Making everything student-centered. It really, that's how you get them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about them. It has, you have to make it about them. And then they'll grow that passion. They'll become excited. They'll beg you for more. Yep. Because now they're actually getting to share their ideas. Yes. The second way to get kids to be passionate about their learning is through games. And you I and was I, hoping you were <laughs> Of course. Of course. I was like, she better say games. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Playing games is the way to hook them. Yes. Uh, you know, we play Ken Ken a lot in my classroom. Did it today. <laughs> I, yes, I did it yesterday. I always have them start playing online first because the online version will correct them if they're oh. if they're wrong. So that so they get to know how to play the game because they don't they don't know how to play it. True. And you know what? This is like my fourth time with them playing. So right. I kind of right. I say, who remembers the rules of Ken Ken? Yes. Yeah. And and this way they actually start playing it. You do, do you know that some of mine have played it in After the Bell because they <laughs> love the game so much? They're like, Oh yeah, I was playing Ken Ken yesterday. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Sweet. Yes. Yep, it's a game. It yep. is. <laughs> Another one that I love, it's a book that I found on Amazon. It's called Area Mazes. And when I was You've shared that with me. And I when I was looking it up just for this episode, I actually found that there's another version. Oh no. So that's in my cart now. Yeah, of course it is. (laughs) And I'm so excited because it's it's so great for finding areas and side and lengths widths and and different dimensions of rectangles. Then I also stumbled upon Uh-oh. one that's three-dimensional. Yeah. For volume with, or but surface area? The ones that I saw were surface area. Okay. 
But I think maybe as the puzzles go on, there might be some volumes in there. Okay. So that's, now that's another one that's in my cart too. All right. Of course, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, Mashup Math Mm -hmm. is great for puzzles for those, if you sign up for their newsletter, you actually get on those special days like avocado days, you know, there's an avocado day, <laughs> you, or pirate day, they have like all these themed ones, right. and you can just, you know, it's like, it's algebra, it's it's variables, the kids don't know what Today the was Bunsen are. burner day, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? I didn't know that. Yesterday was take a walk in the park day. Really? Because mm-hmm. I do the morning announcements, so we do a one of those fun holidays every day. Oh. But it's from the website. It's not like I'm making it I up. I had no idea. <laughs> My favorite has been National Chocolate Day, just Ooh, saying. yes, yes. National Sleep-In Day. There's one more. <laughs> There's one more. It's called Strimco, and that's also just another puzzle. So it, Wait, I mean, that one I don't know oh, at I'll show, all. I'll show all right, you we'll later. put it in the show notes. Yes. Everything in but the show notes. But again, like I, it's 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 like you said. It's another rabbit hole. You start digging <laughs> and you find more and more puzzles and more and more ideas. And I'm not talking about worksheets here. Right. They're not worksheets with like fill in the rhyme and the riddle and the word pattern. I, I'm talking about really critical thinking that they have to. It's not just a a work like a calculation. It's like open middle. Yes. It, it is. I mean, there is an answer, but so it's not like know, multiple answers. Okay, okay. But You're it's, right. okay, it's so, still strategic. There's yes. strategy involved. You have to think and look at con- and find connections, mm-hmm. which is what we want them to do. Oh, and yes. that's the engaging piece, right? Where they have to like think and yes. use their brain. And get hooked. They get, hooked. get hooked. Yes. The third, I think kind of leads into our teacher talk because it's really about modeling your own passion mm-hmm. just like we say for readers right if you want kids to read you have to show that you're a reader too if you want kids to love math you have to be a mathematician a modeled ma- mathematician so I always show my kids, look, I have Ken Ken on my phone. I'm trying to beat the nine by nine, but I'm 15 minutes in and I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. But that's when they get they get excited about it, too. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to download it on my phone or I'm going to download it on my iPad or on my mom's iPhone or dad's whatever. So what, what do we do with the teachers that don't have this passion for math like we do like you and I and probably everyone listening to this you know what you got to do teachers you got to fake it you got to fake it or you have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself where did where did my passion fail yes or, or where did my passion stop mm-hmm. because somewhere along the line it, someone must have said something to you or or made you do something like time test right (laughs) but it's true that something happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. because as kids we're all naturally curious and excited to learn until we're not yeah and because something happens yeah did i cover it what were you gonna say the one thing that i had written down about creating student passion was to make sure to let the students think and to let the students do the work Yes, and I think too much because of test pressures, Mm -hmm. we are so 
consumed with time. Yes. That there's not enough time to let them do those things. But if we're constantly giving them the answers, Mm -hmm. that's not going to be beneficial either. Ever. Right. I had a teacher come in and I was letting the students explore and talk and they and we started order of operations. Mm -hmm. And I said, how how would you solve this problem? I didn't give them anything. I didn't tell them to do multiplication and division first. I didn't tell them to do say say PEMDAS. No, no, that never (laughs) even came out of my mouth. And kids got different answers. Mm hmm. That was the point. Correct. Okay, that was the point. <laughs> and as they're explaining it, and I'm writing it down how they did how they did their work and how they solved it, she was giving me a face like, aren't you going to correct them? Uh-huh. Aren't you going to say that that's not uh-huh. how you do it? And I just let it go. And I kept, I kept letting the students take control of the lesson, really, okay. right? Okay. So that they're con- in control of the learning. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I said, well, do you see how we have a problem? We have all these different answers. And then I led into, you know, order of operations. Mm -hmm. Mathematicians decided we need to come up with with a set of rules so that we don't have different answers. We can't have different answers when it comes to a math problem. We can have different ways to solve it. Right. But we can't have different answers. And she came up to me after that lesson and she was like, I had no idea where you were going. I thought I didn't know something. I was, I, she was all confused. But I think that it's important to, first of all, it, like embrace the confusion. Yes. And allow for like that uncomfortableness in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It's okay if it goes in a different direction. Mm-hmm. It's okay for that because I think that that's what, kids will keep them coming back. Yep. You know, like, yep. like, oh, well, we didn't solve this yet. Let's go back to it tomorrow. But you have created this culture in your classroom yes. since day one. Yes. Which that falls really back on the teacher. And let me tell you, like, I actually, this is the one thing that's good with masks because I can bite <laughs> my lip <laughs> every time I want to talk or say something. Mm-hmm. I just like, I, I scrunch my mouth up and I shut up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's what I do. And I, because of course I want the kids to get the right answer. Right. It's so hard for me to see them make mistakes and not correct it right away. Mm-hmm. But I stop. Yep. Well, I want to go into teacher passion. Yeah. I wrote down a few things. And do you remember a few years ago? I don't exactly remember where I heard this, but, you know, if you change. of your teaching each year. Did we hear that at the Brain Conference? I don't know. Well, I was thinking if teachers could just change one thing this year for the, listen, we've got April, May, and some of us into June, right? Yeah. If we could change one thing about either our teaching or our learning, how much better will we be next school year? Mm Mm-hmm. And if you think about changing that one thing each year in 10 years, wow, your classroom would be amazing. Right. Right? So the first thing I think teachers have to do is know their state standards. Yeah. Know the content limits of their state standards. Know if it's a context allowable or it's just going to be like a naked number kind of problem. Like you have to know where the standards were where they're going but 
what they actually look like in your classroom, what they should be looking like. And the limitations, right? Like that. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. How far do you need to go with the denominators? Which denominators do you need to do? What place value do you need to get to? I, I think that's the first thing. The second thing is learn something, especially if you don't know it. And this kind of goes into my third idea of ask for help. Mm. There is somebody who is a quote expert near you in your building out on Twitter. I mean, just hashtag MTBOS. Yeah. And you will get a gazillion responses. Yeah. But you have to be and I'm coming back to this because we've talked about this before. Be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to ask for help. Now, last week, I told my mom that I had to reach out to my math recovery teacher because I'm dealing with a kid right now that I, I can't figure out why he can't get this thing that we're doing. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's counting backwards over the decade. So he can count forward, no problem. But counting backward, when he crosses over that decade number, he gets lost. So something like 61, 60. Yeah. Pause, pause, pause. Sometimes I get 50. Sometimes I get 49. So, like, I get numbers that are not 59, huh. right? I reached out to her, and she gave me some ideas, of course. And my mom said to me that basically she's so proud of me because I'm still asking for help. Right. I and mean, this is, I'm coming up to the end of year 29. I know, whoa, there is so much I don't know. Yeah. But I want to know it. Right. Right. And I always want to become, I want to become that better teacher for my students. Yeah. Whether my students are my teachers yeah. or, because I'm a coach, or the students that I work with. Yeah. I think we have to all be willing to be vulnerable. And I don't know how to help teachers become vulnerable. It's hard. It's not easy. Even when I, this week, we talked about how we were going to share recorded lessons that yes. we've done. Yes. Even me sending that lesson to you, mm-hmm. I, I was worried that you were going to judge me a little bit. <laughs> no. Because, but because I know, I know that this is not. This is not normal. It's not my best. No. It, it's not. It's not anybody's best right now. No, it's you know? not. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I, I don't know, it's just putting that, that out there and just saying, you know, here's here's my lesson. It's not great, but it's right now, it's, it's the this best I can I'm do. Doing. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's not my full energy, and I'm not totally animated and excited about it mm-hmm. because this is hard. We're in a pandemic. <sighs> And it's the going back and forth between screens and yes. having all these screens in front of us and juggling and managing all of that. It's it's just not easy. It's exhausting. It is. Not just physically, <laughs> but mentally, it emotionally, is. spiritually. I'm going to go back to the second one where I said learn it. Whatever the it is, whether it's something in math or reading or science or social studies or even something in your personal life, mm-hmm. right? Just go learn how to do something, how to know something. I am going to jump to the challenge because our challenge for you this week, listener, is one thing. Learn or change one thing this week. And please share with us on Twitter, what is that one thing that you learned or one thing that you changed this week? Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. 
It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.